Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out. What if the most unique Seahawks podcast in the multiverse? I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Please join me out on Twitter at Clinton Bond. I am, of course, joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. And find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. And this would not be Seahawks What If. This would not be the draft special Seahawks What If without the protector of the multiverse himself, Mr. Phil Lydic. Mr. Phil coming in, pre-draft jitters. How you feeling, buddy? Getting excited. Pre-draft jitters is the way to put it, I would say, for many of us. Uh, can't hardly wait. We're just in the final few hours here. Been enjoying all those shows that Brandon's been putting out, preparing us for the players that we would covet, that maybe we hope go to other teams. And uh, we're going to talk just a little bit about some of the things the first couple of days here. And so I'm excited to be back on the show with you guys. It's been a while. I don't know if I'm more excited to be on the show or for the draft. Probably the latter, but I'm really glad to be back on the show. I'm excited for the former. Brandon, how about you? How, how are your, your, your pre-draft jitters now that we're hitting Tuesday? And we're only, what, two sleeps away from when we get to pick number nine or not. I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit bummed. I, I'm bummed because EJ and I, we only got to cover the offense and we yes. never, we never were able to get together to, to flip over and do the defensive side of the ball. He's on travel this week. He's doing a ton of bootleg stuff ahead of the draft. So yeah, we don't get to look at the defense from a Seahawks perspective. Maybe I should have planned that better. Maybe that's on me. <laughs> and uh, you know what though? We're going to have a fun episode of what if instead of what I was planning on doing. Yeah, you know what? We just slide that next thing right in, and that next thing happens to be a, a curated session by the protector, Mr. Phil. So, Mr. Phil, why don't you get us out of the gate? I know you, you've you've got this you've got this thing you're going to bring us through. We've seen you shared some of the questions. Very polite of you. Uh, something we don't always do, by the way. No, he CX never shares the questions with us. Do we just go into this blind? And yet we we got to prepare this time. This one he knew. He goes, I got to give Clinton some sort of a cheat sheet. Otherwise, he's going to sound more like a monkey than he typically does. So thank you, Phil. I appreciate that. Uh, but I will do my best dancing monkey impressions as we go along here because Brandon and I, we are draft experts now because uh, Mr. Phil, don't know if you realize this, Brandon and I did a draft show the other day and there was a super chat in the middle of the live show. So now we are, you know, compensated uh, professionals. We're no, wow. longer we're no longer amateurs. We are professionally paid to give our draft takes, which is <laughs> something I didn't think I would say a couple of years ago, to be honest. Nice. Very nice. You said so many things I wanted to pop in and now I can't even remember any of it, but <laughs> I was thinking for uh, as far as Brandon goes, you know, there could be a different version in the multiverse where you got all those done with EJ. Turns out it's not in the one for the listeners where you're at here, but uh, it did happen in one of those out there. And then and then in our version of the multiverse, maybe Brandon can go ahead and have a show with EJ and say, 
here's all of the ways that we wish things had gone, but it turns out you got these or uh, you got the best player possible. Who knows? I'm, I was looking forward to more of those shows, but I'm glad that we get to have a what if. So what if we jump right in here to our pre-draft hopes? What if episode? I did think it was a good idea, Clinton, after all the well-prepared, vast knowledge that we've been hearing from EJ, I thought it would only be fair to give Clinton a little crack at being able to be ready. Because my guess is EJ prepared for each one of those positions. And the only reason we're not getting to hear from EJ on the other positions is it just wasn't time to prepare. He, he didn't prepare on defense. He has not studied any defensive prospects. And yes. so I, I know I tried to make it sound like it was my fault, but really it's on EJ. Yeah, okay. EJ's, yeah. Just got to do better. That's what it boils down to there. Thanks, EJ, for all that you did, but it wasn't quite as much as we had hoped. Let's say that. <laughs> well, let's hope that John and Pete do everything we hoped and even more as we get into our draft. Uh, this begins the final few hours for all of us 12s to still have what we would call pre draft hopes. By Saturday night, we'll fully transition into this reality, this reality's version of post-draft hopes, which is where we get to study and look back on the specific 27 players that John Schneider drafts <laughs> in 2022. What if we consider some scenarios to make known your pre-draft hopes? And so here are the three categories, just so you can kind of listen ahead where we're going, everyone. What if scenarios for pick number nine? What if the Seahawks trade pick number nine? And then what if scenarios for day number two, we will get to at the end of the podcast. So this is an odd numbered episode, according to my, what I have written down here, which means it's probably wrong, but that's okay. We will start with Brandon on this. I even have an odd number of actual questions, so it's, it's going to be different anyway. What if scenarios for pick number nine, what if, and this is something I think is very possible as you keep looking at these, they're there's about eight players that I think a lot of us would really like to have. And that and it only varies based upon which are your two favorite OTs there. There's um, there's about three offensive tackles that I think all of us would like to have, but we have a different two of those three. But so let's put it this way. What if the top four edge defenders, the top four edge defenders, and most of us know who those are, you know, you had Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau and then Johnson is that's that's kind of the guy that I would like to have. But th those are the top four uh, that we're thinking of there. What if they're gone? Your two favorite OTs are gone. Your, your two favorite tackles and both the sauce and the Stingley are all gone by pick number nine. What be your top three desires? And I have some suggestions here for you, Brandon, but your top three desires, would it just be, OK, those goes eight are gone. That's when I want to trade down. Or there's a non-quarterback player that I'd like to have. Or maybe there's a quarterback. I'm saying if if no quarterbacks or receivers have gone, you know, then that means you get your choice of all the quarterbacks. Maybe there's a quarterback you're hoping would go there. What, how would you organize that uh, desires if we're in that spot when pick nine comes to us on the clock, Brandon? Pick nine nightmare scenario is I is, is what I'm taking from your, exactly your question here. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, yeah. No Neil, no Icky, right? Yeah, because obviously the Seahawks don't need a receiver in the top 10. They don't need, they need defensive line, offensive line. I, you know, there has been a little bit of buzz about the Georgia defensive tackle. Uh, you sure. know, a really solid nose. Davis. Uh, yeah, Davis. And, you know, really any of those Georgia defenders, holy smokes, I feel like uh, it, it's hard Georgia. to. Georgia. <laughs> hard to go wrong there. So, 
I think if I were going to pick out of who is left, I think I would I would take Davis. So you'd go with Davis would be your first priority before trade down. It well, it would depend on the compensation for the trade down. Now, sure. If the Seahawks actually foresee this happening, yeah, I like the idea of trading up here. Ooh, yeah, that, that's where it might make sense because you got to get either a, you know, there's something they either love a cornerback or they, they got to get a tackle or they got to get an edge defender, right? I mean, if you love a cornerback, that's great. And but, especially, you know, you gotta, especially on the edge with those four guys. And the spot that I'm targeting is that spot with the Carolina Panthers at number six. Because if they're not going to take a quarterback at six, that means they've taken one of these other positions away from us because it's the nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. Because now you have some familiarity in the front office with the Carolina Panthers. Moving up just a couple spots would only take the third round pick for the Seahawks about, you know, whether or not they throw in, you know, a late day three or, you know, however they manage those picks and swap picks and those sorts of things. But I think it'd be relatively easy to move into that six spot and I would be okay with it if it meant getting one of those top guys. And you'd prefer that over taking Davis over a favorite quarterback. I would prefer that taking Davis. I would prefer that over trading down. That would that would actually be my top preference of the three. So yeah, I think it would be uh, trade up, trade down as long as it's okay. Take Davis if you have to stay there. All right. How about you, Clinton? How would you prioritize if those eight are gone? Well, here's the thing. You know, see, I prepped, and then and then Brandon just goes. Just goes oh, Oregon Trail on me. I, right? I went Lewis through my whole my whole sheet. I, I just I obliterated it. You blew I love an axle. It. I love he's it. got he's got dysentery. The whole thing already. However, he comes Whoa. out with well, it's Oregon Trail, but he comes yeah. out with a, with a top six in that scenario, which I really like. So bravo, I like that. Um, the trail almost led to Georgia. The trail yeah, almost yeah, led almost, us to Georgia. Almost. I wanted to sing it there for a second, but no one would be happy with that. People, you know, the wagon wheels also fall off of the Oregon Trail too, and are bit by a snake. It, it doesn't sure. automatically have to go to dysentery. No, it's always dysentery. You get bit by a snake, dysentery. You, you break an axle, dysentery. You 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 try to ford the river, and somehow you get dysentery. It's just always dysentery in that game. Broken limb, broken limb, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and dysentery. So, and here's the thing, right? So I like I like that idea though. I like I like the idea of the getting one of those top dudes. Now I looked at this. I'm like, oh man, do I want what I want? Cross if the first two OTs are gone. Uh, part of me could say yes, but if I got to force force rank them as it was allowed by the rules, um, I'd go trade down first. Um, it's it's supposed to be a super deep draft. You know, not going to pretend like I know all these dudes, but if we can trade down and get get a reasonable haul back, and you know, not not move back too too far. I think there's, I think there's comparable guys there that you could still get an interior offensive lineman. You can still may, maybe get a tackle. You can still go get maybe a, a really good DT or a, a you know a, a secondary edge guy. Secondary meaning like you know second level edge guy, and still reap in a few a few draft picks that we end up with say maybe five in the top seventy, you know, or, or yeah. six in the top seventy for what's supposed to be a big draft class. So that would be, if the nightmare scenario plays out, number one option be trade down smartly, rake in more picks if we can't do the the, the brand and audible, which I like. Number two would be just take that third uh, offensive tackle. Yeah, you know, they're probably all, they're pinning or cross. I, I think, you know, and I don't know much about penning except for what it sounds like is like he's the more project style guy. 
I'm not in the mood for a project. I don't think our team is good enough for, I don't think we have the roster for the, the friggin', you know, the, oh, this guy played basketball too. Like project guy, I realized Penning didn't, but I, I don't care. You know, it's like, give me cross at that point as, as a, I think he'd be the, the guy remaining. That'd be my number two. And then you also asked about, Hey, draft a quarterback. no, like that's just a no. I, I that's I the last. That's number four out of the three, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't want a quarterback at nine. Uh, not what I'd like to see us do. So that that's how I'd rank them by the allowed rules and not Brandon's Oregon Trail. I think there's project aspects though to both Penning and Cross. It's yeah. that Cross was just you know primarily a pass blocker, and Penning yeah. is more of the the physical road gradery type guy that the Seahawks are known to covet, but has that uh, maybe a little bit of Jermaine Effetti, Breno Giacomini in him. Yeah. Big, yeah. tough guy, lots of penalties kind of stuff, right? Pinning, well, pinning for wanna... penalties. That's how you can shorthand. Remember there you that. Go. That's it. Yeah. And I do want to ask too, like with cross, like, yeah, sure. Like I think, but is that just more of the offense they ran dictated, you know, okay. He's up in a two point stance and not, not down in a three point stance more often, but does it mean he can't, you know, that he looks physically able to run block. It's just the type yeah. of offense they ran. Uh, they didn't do that a lot. You know, like George Kittle didn't catch a lot of passes in college. He can catch the freaking ball, right? So I just wonder if that's like, is that a bridge? Is that a bridge too far there to say, well, he's more of a work in progress? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I, it's I don't, not I don't, so much. I, I guess the thing that you worry about with those, you know, Mike Leach style offenses, it, it's the quarterback gets the ball quickly and quickly gets rid of it. So is there enough to where you feel confident saying that even his pass blocking is not just benefited from the quarterback getting rid of the ball quickly? Yeah. Tough to say. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. It, it, it's it's funny too, real quick, because we've we've had, you know, you've had EJ on and EJ is real high on cross. And then you hear like Rob Staten be like, no, at number nine, that's that's a complete blown thing. And he'd be he'd be so pissed off. Right. So it's funny. There's a wide range of emotions yeah. that would happen for Seahawks Twitter if if cross is the the pick at and nine. And Rob so, doesn't even like penning either. He just says that no, that's no, the more that's right. likely Seahawks pick. Yeah. 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 I'm hoping Cross gets picked in the first eight because then we got some choices or I'm hoping a receiver or a quarterback goes in the first eight. Then we can avoid what we're calling the nightmare scenario that I guess kind of we've seen it as one of the ways that the multiverse can go. And so we want to be prepared for that if that's where we end up. Next question will begin with Captain Clinton there. What if the Hawks take an offensive player at number nine? We've talked about a couple tackles, but which ones, maybe some others, would get you the most excited if we take an offensive player? And there's a couple we didn't mention, of course. So uh, who, would, who would get you the most excited? What ones would get you most excited if we have to take one at nine, Clinton? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for the Captain Clinton. I'm way more of a captain than an admiral. Plus the alliteration is always nice. Um, yeah, that's the reason really. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Um, I think the, the, you know, there's all these, th there's these different mocks out there, which whatever the, the Mel Kuyper mock and it does whatever they, none of them really matter, but they, but they're fun to listen to um, in this. Hey, it's possible scenario. Like, give me, give, give me Evan Neal all day. Yeah. Like that's, like that's, if that dude falls to nine now, when Brandon and I talked a couple of weeks ago about some of the things we'd love to see at nine, I was like, Hey, defense, 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 because I didn't think a dude like 
Neil might slip, but this particular question is, well, what if an offensive guy you really want slips then? And there's talk that Neil, Neil may be passed up on. Okay. Give me the giant, giant man from the best college school out there. That is 20 some starts at Bama, yeah, right? That has done this for, you know, several years. And it's just darn good at this. Lock me into Evan Neal all day long. If that's the question, I'll, I'll hammer that button. And the thing with Neil too, it, it apparently it's not so out of the question that yeah. uh, that Neil could fall. I mean, I, I don't know how much stock we put into Mel Kuyper these days anymore, but he does have him <laughs> listed at nine. Now, um, I, I guess I have a little bit of hope that that could happen because, yeah, between him and Aquanu, those are really, if we're talking offense, those are the two. Those are the two guys. And other than that, I mean, if we're taking wide receivers, oh my gosh, did DK get traded? I don't like that. Uh, tight end. That would be that would be the literal nightmare scenario if the Seahawks oh, stayed put yeah, and gross. took a tight end. <laughs> now I have dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> if they're staying put and taking an offensive lineman that's not one of those two guys, I guess I would go center. And I okay, it would maybe be a little bit early compared to you know what everybody projects as to to where these guys go. But um, if they were to take Tyler Linderbaum at uh, yeah. at number nine, then and it's just because they couldn't find a trade back partner to get him in the middle yeah. of the first round where I don't, you're supposed to take centers. And I've even right. seen Linderbaum falling out of the first round and and potentially at the top of the second round. But it wouldn't upset that me. It's, exci- a, it's a center that they you know that's projected to be one of the top guys. Then I would be OK with it. But that's okay. That's not excited. You're not excited. Oh, no, I'm, take a center. I mean, I'm not excited no. about taking a tackle either. I mean, the, oh, really? Well, I thought you'd be excited. I mean, the ta- the <laughs> offensive line's kind of boring. <laughs> okay. So you want you want Garrett Wilson or something? We get like the best wide receiver in the draft, uh, Jamison Williams or something. Would you be excited in a different kind of way? Or you'd be like scared that something bad was going to happen? On, there's nothing that would excite me on offense, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, so we got to get to the next question, which goes to you. So that works out perfect. What defender that could realistically be available at number nine would thrill you if the Hawks select him? Obviously, Hutchinson's not going to happen. So we're going to take that. Like all nine teams want Hutchinson probably or pretty yeah, close to not, it. Yeah, he's not falling but, there. I, and I don't even think a, in my trade-up scenario that he would be there at six no, either. So. No, and we're not going to trade next year's first rounder and something just to do that. But what would get you most excited? What defenders uh, might get you the most excited if we picked one at nine? Sounds like that's where if Brandon's going to be cheering, it's going to be a defender. It would be a defender and it would be a pass rusher. So if Thibodeau ends up falling to number nine because of all the nonsense that, you know, teams don't like him because he has uh, too much Dogecoin in his account or whatever it is. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, that doesn't bother me at all. If if he's planning for his future already going into the NFL, to me, that is not a red flag for uh, maybe he has dysentery, <laughs> Brandon. Maybe he has. Dys- <laughs> hey, you know, you got to have you got to have the backup of the doge just uh, just in case they didn't have they didn't have that on the Oregon Trail. So I know. Um, yeah. And it, with this being the Oregon Trail episode, all yes, of a sudden, I think Oregon. it would be appropriate to go get a guy from Oregon. So I'm just going to stick with Thibodeau. That's my guy. Quack, quack, quack. How about you, Clinton? What do you got? Very nice. Yeah, I actually had the same the same answer jotted down. Was Thibodeau was the number one uh, that I'd be most excited about because I think it'd be like he fell the most from where he was, sheesh, like, you know, 45 days ago. 
right? You know, six, 30 days ago, even sure. post post combine, it wasn't like he went to the combine, stunk it up. It's these character issue things. I forget the, the player who showed up. Like non-character issues. Like I remember, That's what I'm saying. I remember they're talking like, to like Rob made... Staten about DK Metcalf and some of the character concerns around right, DK. Now right. he did have some physical stuff too, but you know, there was the talk of, oh, well, he's got too much of a business mindset that he's preparing too far out for what he's going to do after his football career. And thinking back, it's like, how how did DK Metcalf fall all the way to the bottom of the second round, considering awesome, considering who went ahead of him? Yeah, I think it's funny on Twitter. Uh, Matt, Matty F. Brown, right? Seattle Seahawks Overload Podcast, right? The uh, Overload, I think it's called. But he, he's been like hexing this whole thing all along. Like, yeah, the character issues, like just try, keeps putting these little nuggets out there that Kayvon should fall to nine, right? So let's put it out I, there. I'd celebrate it. And then, and, and then, Hey, as a backup, we just need, it's like this whole thing is the multiverse. We just, in this Oregon trail out West for me out West, um, we just need the Dr. Strange one, right? He holds up that one that this, this is the one way we could beat Thanos. We just yes. need one team to do something pretty stupid. Like one yep. team to say we're trading up to get our quarterback or just like, or just the Panthers saying we need a quarterback or the Falcons saying we need the quarterback of the future or the receiver. Exactly. We just need that one path. And then, and then Thibodeau might be there or J- or Jermaine Johnson's there. So like, that's my other, my, my, my excited part. Or B. one of the corners. I, are, are either of us excited about these top two corners? Oh, no, we would I, be okay be, with, with taking a corner. This early? Was, I'd be good with it, man. I don't think sauce is going to fall. I just don't think it's going to happen. But if Stingley's at nine and the other dudes are gone, man, we get, we get, in theory, a lockdown corner to then shore up that part part of our defense. That's okay. Stingley's yeah. awesome. And the the thing is, with both these guys, it's kind of the anti argument to uh, Penning and Cross. It's like, well, which one could be better? It's no, uh, this guy's really good, but this guy's also really good. Which one will be the best? And everybody seems to have their ideas of of why you know which one between the two will be better. But it's not that either one will be terrible. And I like those kind of arguments. Yeah. Yeah. Where you win or you win, you get behind door. Number one is a win behind door. Number one is Brandon's (laughs) excited. As long as it's a defender, he's excited. Otherwise he might be okay. We might be okay. That's what we get. No, I would be happy with the tackle. I just wouldn't, I don't see myself being excited. Oh man. See if Neil, if Neil or Icky falls, I'm going to be getting pretty stoked and then they're going to trade down and I'm going to be like, no, (laughs) Okay, we got to keep going. What if the Seahawks do trade pick number nine? What if they trade pick number nine? This will, uh, the first question will go to Clinton under this category. What are you hoping for if we trade or reasonably expecting as a good draft haul? And here's maybe the more prescient question to a lot of us as we think about this. What would be the lowest you'd be fine with the Hawks making their very first selection on Thursday or Friday, Clinton? Yeah, good, awesome question. So I, I I put this in a couple of different different ways, but I, I to answer the first part or the part you asked last first, um, I'd be okay if we're into the low twenties. That seems fine, wow. you know, okay. I think I, because I, looking at the hall we could get for that kind of move, you know, it's okay if we're at 15, 17, 18, But but if we get to the low twenties and we end up with, you know, we get the twentieth and then we end up with another top fifty pick, you know, something that's in the top fifty because that's a pretty big stretch to get there. Again, I look at this and all I could do is listen to the same podcast you guys are listening to, right? Hey, this is a really deep draft. Hey, in other years, 
There's dudes who are going to be picked 45th who would have been clear first rounders in, in other times or 55th that really probably would have snuck into the back of the first round. And that's before people make dumb, dumb decisions, right? The Raiders are going to draft and, and they're going to do, do well, actually they, they trade. You know, yeah, the Raiders got Devontae Adams. They've done okay so far. You get the point. There's going to be some mistakes too anyway. So there's going to be a cauldron of players that I think Pete and John are, are fawning over. So that's the level I'd be okay with. And when we get there, back to what Brandon said earlier, hey, then you want to take Tyler Linderbaum, get the center? Cool. You want to go get Zion Johnson? I, I know we have guards. I don't really care. You want to go get another really good inter, you know, inside tackle, a guard like that, interior to, a, a lineman? Cool. Take, take Zion. Take the big dude from BC. So I'm okay with that kind of level, Phil. I think that's, that's a pretty comfortable place for us where if we're going to trade back, harvest those picks and still go get a really good interior offensive lineman. It's an okay scenario for me. Sure. It's not like, it's not dance of joy, happy, right? It's not, you know, Balky Bartakamus here, but it's at least. Die, 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 die. Yeah, it's at least cousin Larry Appleton. So you're, you're fine with going all the way to like 28 with the Packers or 29 with the Chiefs. You said late 20s. Is no, that no, like, like low 20s, low 20s. Low 20s. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. that's kind of my, so you're, my, you're saying like trade with the Steelers. They want to come up and get Willis or something. Okay. Yeah, that, that feels pretty good to me. Or like two picks from New Orleans because they want to move up and get Willis if he's still there. They want to move up and get Corral. Cool. Cool. That's all day with that. That's that's a that's a hit the hit the hit the button. How about you, Brandon? What's the latest you're comfortable drafting or that you'd be okay with so part of my thinking around this is why i came to the conclusion that trading up would make sense with the panthers because you're giving up that third round pick maybe some late picks because really i i feel like because we are talking about the nightmare scenario potential at number nine and and just waiting for one thing to happen so we can get one of those top guys to to be there at number nine and you know, who knows, maybe the Seahawks have a couple other guys in mind that are in that area, too. But I think that nine and maybe a trade back with the Jets, just if they think that somebody else is coming up to take their wide receiver that they have planned for at 10, maybe you can get some of the capital back from the Jets. I think 10 is hmm. as late as I want to go because, yeah, it's I, I think that then you start slipping into that area of. Yeah, the guys that you're going to get there at the top of the second round, you know, they're kind of talent level similar to guys in the middle of the first or at 20. I want to get I want to make sure that we come out of this draft with one guy that is premier. a premier Pro Bowl caliber player. Well, let's say we like we couldn't trade up and then we know who maybe our eight favorite might be. And I, I feel like the three of us are similar on that. But what if John's favorite eight? or seven are gone, then you're looking at maybe the next seven, eight or nine guys, it's all going to be a similar jump for the Hawks. That's where maybe it would make some sense, right? To go down with the saints or, you know, the Steelers, you still, you're just going to be flat out frustrated if we drop, even if the eight are gone. Well, the ideal scenario for me is that they get somebody, uh, they get a pass rusher first. And then yeah. and when you you're can't. talking in the early second round, then you're looking at maybe an offensive lineman, maybe a running back, maybe a quarterback. That yeah. that seems like the better options for those types of positions. And I also have the uh, the hope that they can go out and find corners elsewhere in the draft okay. like they always seem to do. Sure. Well, that, that makes it easier for you, though, Brandon, because there's really just four pass rushers that make any sense in the top 12 at best. 
After that, I don't think there's going to be a pass rusher going until 30, right? Or in the 40s. So if, if all the pass rushers are gone, and now you're not going to be excited no matter what, Brandon, because we know if you get a tackle, you're going to be just, okay, I got it, Neil. But if the four are gone, now we're not going to get a pass rusher first. I mean, it's almost off the table, right? You don't want to dra- early draft one of those guys from the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I, I guess Karloftis out of Purdue is the other one that might. But they're I, saying he I, might even fall out of the first yeah, round. That, that was the same yeah. article. Same article about Linderbaum. Be like, yeah, he might get pushed back too. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to go right down to point number three, everyone. We've already talked a little bit about if we did trade down, who we might get. Linderbaum is one of those guys that, that people are throwing out there. But uh, what if what if scenarios for day two? We're going to kind of go quickly on this. By the end of day two, which position groups will make you upset if they are still unaddressed? If they're still unaddressed, what we haven't dealt with them at all. We've finished Friday night, Thursday night, Friday night, they're done. These positions haven't been addressed, Clinton. Uh, what ones would make you upset? These are the chalkiest of chalk answers, <laughs> but I think they're the right ones. It's it's just edge and tackle, and it's because we don't we don't have them. You know, <laughs> we we don't we don't have a starting left tackle right now. I don't yeah. think an NFL one. Maybe we have a right tackle. Maybe. Um, and and our best pass rusher was cut. Right. So if it's not if it's not Taylor, um, so and the type of defense we're really trying to play now. We need presence on the edge. So that's it, man. It's, it's simple. It's that's it. We need edge. We need tackles. We get done by Friday and we haven't done it. Then we've passed the chance to get premier guys like Brandon's been talking about at positions that are absolutely the biggest holes in our roster right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's if, if they get through day two and we're still wondering who the tackle is going to be of the future for either side of the line, who a pass rusher is going to be, you know, the, the number one group is absolutely tackle. I think you could maybe find guys to make it work just like you did last year, which didn't work. But I could find a scenario to where maybe they could find some pass rushers, I think, a little bit later in this draft. Tackle. They got to find tackles. We do have three good young edge guys. We just love to get a blue chipper to go with them, right? When you're talking Taylor, Robinson, and the guy we just got from the Chargers, we got three good outside linebackers for the three, four. We just love to add a blue chipper to them because we're the team in the division that doesn't have one. Yeah. We want, I want that. I want that Micah Parsons, man. I want that, that, that type, right? So, which I don't think we have that yet. All right. I got an activity here as we get close to closing out. Um, this is the first time on what if I don't know if it'll show up again, but let's have the two of you ping pong. I'm sure Brandon's done a lot of ping pong being from the Navy, right? He's probably no Brandon. Oh yeah. Ping pong. I, I yes. a little ping pong. I mean, I'm no Forrest Gump at ping pong, but sure. <laughs> I was a youth pastor at one point, so I did do some ping pong in here and there, but I haven't been in the Navy. I know the military uh, gets into that quite a bit. We're going to a little ping pong, some players that you can see John selecting some sea hockey players um, on day two. So the second and third round kind of guys, maybe we'll have three or four picks in that area. Start off with you, Brandon. Uh, what are some players? This, this will be on record. You're expecting we might possibly take them. Start with you, Brandon. Ooh, on day two. Uh, yeah, one guy that I was excited to talk to EJ about is Troy Anderson out of Montana State because he's a super athletic guy. He's played linebacker primarily, but he's also, I think, played some quarterback too. It's just, and he's a Montana guy, so he's he's one of the guys that uh, I'd throw his name out there. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the volley there. And I do love, I love me some ping pong. Um, one guy, I, I think the Seahawks would do it this year because I don't believe that we're going to be competing for a championship this year. So meaning we have some time. So there's a dude, there's an edge rusher from Michigan 
who would have been one of those top four, top five guys, David Ajabo, who tore his Achilles on his pro day, like tragic video, horrible, yeah. but people are coming back faster. You know, obviously Cam Akers is now the guy we could all chase to be like, okay, come back as fast as Cam. But David Ajabo is a, he's, first of all, he's, I think he's 20 years old. He's super, he might be 21. He's still very young, played at a big school. He causes havoc. He's a great edge guy. Sure. You might not have him this year, but right now, a day two guy where you start next year with what would have been a, a first round pick. I want David Ajabo. My quarterback pick. I'm I'm going with Sam Howell as my guy for quarterback after everybody started blowing him off as Baker Mayfield light. And I got to thinking, you know, he kind of has that stature and yeah, kind of has that look about him. But personality wise, he is nothing like Baker Mayfield. Like unless by Baker Mayfield light, you mean like he's a super nice guy. And like somebody that you could root for easily, I'm starting to think. And I listened to an interview with his coach, Mac Brown, which I'm not a huge fan of because he used to be a Texas coach. But uh, hearing him <laughs> talk about uh, Sam Howell, I, I was fired up about the guy. Yeah, that, that could be fun. I, I'm, a, I'm also OK with like not taking quarterback in the second round, not in the third round. Take take somebody later and just roll with what we got. Let's see what Drew Locke can do. And for me, like the, the Penn state guys like Ebiketti, right? So as a freak edge guy, cool. He dips back into the second round and we're taking another swing at another edge guy. Awesome. Yeah. All day long. I'm happy with that. That would be, that'd be a swing. I'd be super pumped if we took one more each. I love these guys. I don't know about Howell, but I love the other ones you mentioned are all guys I'm hoping for uh, one more each. What, what do you got? Okay. I'll, I'll quickly jump in there. This guy's been all over the place too. Like Nick Benito, just again, I'll go edge, edge, edge. Oh, you I, stole I, mine. You knew I was going to go. No, that's okay. You're, the, <laughs> we could go boomer sooner together, but like, Hey, the fast fiery guy off the edge. Oh, he's too light. He's too this cool. Put him in the three, four, let him go get the quarterback and let him go just cause havoc. I'm totally, I'm into that, I'm into that as, as again, as roll the dice with that guy. Well, I still want a center. So I'm closing. No, you know what? I want a running back. I'm closing with running back. I want Kenneth oh, Walker out of Michigan State. Okay, that's, very good. That's a good call. Yeah, that, I, I like want these. a running back too. I want a running back too. Prediction time. How many selections, gentlemen, how many selections will Schneider make this draft? We have eight picks currently. What do you got? I don't even know who wants to go first with their- I'll go their first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a 10. I'm gonna give it ten. a 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. I'm gonna $1 Clinton and go nine. Nine. He's going the the highest without going without going over. Nine is a good choice. Uh, I don't. I'm going to go with eleven then. I guess. Okay. Well, that's that's all we got. We were really fast on those last few questions, but good, uh, that's how that's how things happen for time. We got pre-draft hopes. Soon we're going to have post-draft hopes for these players that'll be picked. And about time to close. So after the donkeys, I haven't had a chance to say this to the Hawk fans really, and I know everybody has different opinions. But the donkeys, their new quarterback that they have, some goofy guy down there in Denver, their quarterback has temporarily, at least for me, he's soiled, he's stained, he's tarnished, he's besmirched our catchphrase. I feel like he grabbed it when he got here and he took it. Now he's got a new, really goofy one that hopefully he's going to curse his team. Um, but at least temporarily, he's soiled it for me. And so here's how I feel like encouraging us to close it out. You guys do it how you want. But what if we say go Seahawks? Go Seahawks. Go Seahawks. Go Seahawks. Go Seahawks.